Hello, my name's Alex, and welcome to Alex Listens, a podcast about philosophy and politics and race and mental health. Today, I spoke with Jess Zanoni, who is a writer and musician and editor living in Nam, Melbourne. Uh, Jess is the singer and bassist of an alt-rock band called Arbs, and has recently begun to release music under an independent alias, uh, Zanun. Jess and I spoke about so much stuff. Um, we spoke about uh, music and creativity, um, how to define those things and how they can be an outlet for, uh, change and hope and, uh, that they are things that can carry us through, uh, difficult and challenging times. And we also spoke about our relationship to work and, uh, the difficulty of developing a work ethic. Um, and I guess some of the challenges of doing things that we don't enjoy, uh, and how, as as both of us have grown older, Jess and I, it seems like we have become um, more willing to do things we don't enjoy because of the benefit of then being able to spend time doing things we enjoy. So we spoke about this this kind of funny uh, this funny paradox you, that you don't you have to do things you don't enjoy in order to do things that you do. Um, we also spoke about. Uh, how, um, how growing older feels. Um, and we spoke about our relationship to time. Um, Jess and I have two pretty different perspectives on what it feels like moving through the world. It seems like I am more trapped in the future and Jess is, um, a lot more grounded and, uh, and centered in the present. Uh, and finally we spoke about, um, dealing with kind of uh, times of depression and uh, sadness and how um, video games, <laughs> that's one thing we spoke about as a, uh, a dangerous but um, uh, full uh, mode of escapism. Before you hear the interview, a few quick announcements. First of all, if you're enjoying Alex Listens or any of the other work I do, you can support the podcast um, and my other projects. You can do so via Patreon. It's super easy. You click a button and it will be the equivalent of buying me a cup of tea once a month. Um, there'll be a link in the bio for that. Or if Patreon isn't your thing, there's PayPal. There'll also be a link in the bio for that. And if neither of those things are your thing, you can uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on um, Spotify or YouTube, or just get in touch. Um, I'm on Instagram at Alex listens. Um, and that's the place to keep up with, um, all of my work and my new episodes and interviews and this kind of thing. Um, that's the first announcement. Second announcement is that I'm running a beginner's philosophy course. Um, it's nearly booked out and I'm super delighted and surprised that it's nearly booked out again. Um, this is the third intake of students. Um, it will be running from the end of August until I guess the beginning of October. It's a six week course. We'll cover six different topics. It's pay what you can afford and there'll be classes both online and in person. Um, if you're wanting to learn about philosophy and uh, really haven't really known where to begin and also haven't wanted to set fire to your bank account by going to university, um, this course is a very welcoming and uh, friendly and interesting 
uh, place to learn about philosophy. So if you're wanting to do that, there's a link in my bio also to find more to find out more about that. Um, otherwise, thanks for uh, listening so far, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. Hello. Hey. How are you going? Good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, how's your How's your Sunday? How's my Sunday? Um, look, pretty good. Got up this morning and made some. Well, I heated up some rice and made some eggs. Had some eggs and rice for breakfast. One of my favorite breakfasts. And then um, got ready and came here. So not much. Wow. Not much to say. What time do you normally wake up? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, look, it can honestly range anywhere from 8 to 10. Um, and that's just in terms of when I wake up and when I when I get up is a whole other thing because sometimes, I don't know, I can get up, I can get up much later than that. But I guess days, days that I'm not at work probably rise at like 9.30, days that I have to work, get up at 7. So I don't have that like daily wake up time. Mm. What about you? What time do I wake up? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't like I haven't had a job that has been a morning job um, ever. Oh, really? w- one time actually, I had a uh, a job at a um at like a a business. A business. A business. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really, that's not really saying much, but I, I had a job doing like, I, I really shouldn't have had this job, but I was doing some kind of like uh, financial planning. Mm. <laughs> not, not like, you know, I was like, there were spreadsheets and shit that I was working through. But um, yeah, that job, I had to be there at 8.30. Yeah, right. Um, How did that feel? Uh, waking up or the job? Um, maybe just like you're having a, having a job that starts at that time. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like it. Mm. Yeah. And I was also like quite a different person. It was when I was 20. Um, but yeah, I think like I used to have a really challenging relationship with work. Um, and especially work that I was like really resentful, like work that I wasn't really enjoying. Mm. And so it was really hard to wake up and I was like really late often. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And I, I wonder now, like, you know, the idea of kind of committing to consistent hours in a job isn't something that I am really looking forward to. No. Yeah. What about you? You work. You work mm. three days a week. Yeah. Um, I found it, I found it really hard to get up. I, I find it really hard to get up for work now. Um, and I, and I always have, but especially after lockdown last year, um, just cause I was, yeah, I was working from home. Um, I work at, yeah, I work at a high school library part time and I was lucky enough to like be working at home throughout like lockdown last year. And I just found it. I just loved it. I just loved like, yeah, waking up 
kind of whatever whatever time you know like or between you know nine and um you know eight eight eight, nine nine thirty ten um as opposed to like kind of ripping myself from bed at seven in the morning and like getting on the train and then like the tram um yeah I've never been someone who finds it easy to just you know just to like the alarm goes off and I can get up it's just it's just not me um so yes it was especially hard after lockdown I found to um yeah to just to get up and I would often just like find myself just lying there until like the very last moment that I could yeah um that I could kind of get up and be be at work on time um it just I think it's what you it's what you just said about like um it feeling really hard when it's just maybe a job that you're not like super emotionally connected to and it's just kind of it's just it's kind of just work um yeah sort of just ripping yourself out of that out of precious warm sleep in your bed to to sort of like travel across town and get on public transport and everything is like really hard but um I'm trying to change the way that I feel about that and change the way I sort of perceive that and um change my relationship to like um yeah to that idea of like getting up and going to work it's 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 hard but (laughs) I I think just like a shift in mentality can help can make it a lot easier I think Hmm. Mm. how are you how and why are you trying to change your relationship to it um I think because it causes me a lot of stress and anxiety um just that just kind of wake up and feeling that dread and I kind of want to just I want to wake up and feel kind of just this acceptance of like this is what has to happen and I have things to look forward to when I go to work there are actually like lots of things that I really enjoy about work and that it's it's literally only the it's only the actual process of just getting out of bed that that's hard everything else is actually fine so if I can just actually ground that in reality and focus yeah focus on like the you know the like the positives and like the great things that come um you know from from being out in the world and like just like little things of like seeing seeing the sunrise and like getting a coffee all those things like make things a lot easier then kind of focusing on like the dread you know um and so ultimately i think like that will make me like a calmer you know a calmer person to just sort of like um have have perspective on it i think that makes sense Mm. yeah Mm. it does make sense and like part of me really wants to do that as well um and you know i like i think there i think that it seems like mentality is an extremely important thing and attitude they're extremely important things to be aware of and to try and like manage and navigate in such a way that you don't begin to hate like you know the things that you do with your time really passionately um so there's like one there's one side of me that is like yeah that's that's really good and that sounds really important in order to kind of like remain stable and you know there is like obviously you know we need some kind of income in order to live and so there is a certain 
you know, degree of um, necessity and kind of obligation. And I think that's where, like, I begin to feel resistant because, like, yeah, like, I... And it's interesting, you know, sometimes I hear, you know, the kind of voice of people in the past who've told me to value work and like, you know, not to be so like, not to complain so much because this is, you know, how society operates. Like it only works if people also work. Um, But then there's another part of me that like, you know, is kind of dreamy and like wants a lot stronger uh, social welfare policies and things that are going to like kind of cushion the are going to like dampen the feeling of obligation to do stuff that are that isn't particularly enjoyable um, all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. How do you how do you feel about like? I think yeah. I think the best way I've heard it. Something that I really resonated with was a friend saying that like sort of treating treating work and treating your job is like it allows you to do the things that you want to do like your job probably uh, like gives you the money or the time um or the support to do something like this like podcasting like for me um yeah my job lets me lets me live the kind of life that I that I want to be living or that I I enjoy living outside of work um and I mean specifically like for my job it's also like it's also adjacent to the things that I enjoy in the first place like it's um it's in education and it's in it's with young people and it's um it's sort of like a literary job it you know I have great relationships with my colleagues I have like really nice um, rewarding kind of interactions and experiences with like the young people that I work with. So it's, it feels, I think my gripes with work is purely like the hours of like starting early and like spending a whole day there. And it's just like so much of my day, you know, 10 hours of my day dedicated to a job, which feels like quite a big sacrifice, I guess. And it it can build, I guess, to resentment um, if I let it, but I just don't, I just don't think it's healthy for me to view it that way. I just think it's like ultimately, um, yeah, I can see, I can see how I will feel um, a lot more at peace. Yeah. I think if I just shift the way I think about it and just like think about the way that I just explain it to you of just being like, it has so many, it allows me to do so many things that Mm. I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one big shift that I've felt in my attitudes to like kind of paid work that isn't something that I always, or, you know, that I like haven't, that I probably wouldn't have done if, if I didn't need money. Um, Yeah. I think like trying to conceptualize the work as like a, as part of the enjoyment of doing the other things Mm -hmm. like it it's yeah. And I think like 
I, I now see paid work as, I think I've like really compartmentalized it. Um, and like, I don't think, because yeah, I think if I, if I like have this awareness that it's not something that I want to be doing, it makes it really difficult. But if I see it as like something that I have to do in order to do podcasting and other things, I think it becomes a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I, I also wonder how many people are in a position, how many adults are in a position where they're able to work few enough hours to actually meaningfully pursue yeah, things on the outside. Um, because a few of my friends, uh, have finished law school and are now working amazing hours. Mm. And it seems to be like a, an all encompassing job. Um, and yeah, like, I guess one thing that I, I think about is whether they're able, whether they are, you know, whether they have the resources, like the emotional resources to, yeah, to do stuff. But I don't know, like, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm just also conscious that like when I'm, when I was just talking about like my job, I had the privilege of, you know, being able to work part-time and like the money that I'm making from that is able to sustain me to do, you know, to do the other things that are important to me in my life. And that's, you know, that's an immense privilege that like doesn't, um, yeah, I'm like very aware of that. So I think, um, yeah, I, I regularly think about, um, what my, you know, what it would, would, what it would feel like to, to have to work full time. Um, and you know, what, what that would feel like to like balance, um, yeah, working five days a week with like other interests that you have and you're like your social world and, um, maintaining a sense of, you know, well being while also working like a 40 hour work week is just like, um, yeah, I really, it doesn't appeal to me at all, but it's a reality, like, you know, it's a reality for like, for most, for most people. And, um, yeah, it's something that like, I wonder if I'll be able to like evade or if it will be an inevitable part of my life at some point. Um, I think that I appreciate work as well for it being a place to go and to, and to give me structure in my life. Um, and I think like there's a great, um, feeling of like, you know, the days that I do have off, that's my time. Like that's time that I can use however, however I want. And then that, I think that's just like a really nice thing to remember is like, you know, I might have to like go to work and like spend three whole days there, but then time outside of work is it's my time. I can do, there's so much freedom in that. And yeah. Hmm. Yeah. One thing I'm, one thing that really stuck out just then was like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know too many people like, let's say from my mum's generation. So born in like the fifties who have 
who have like dodged full-time work. Mm. Um, and I guess like now it almost feels like there is like people are kind of pigeonholed mm-hmm. by, you know, like trends, cultural and social trends and norms into moving into full-time work. Um, unless maybe, you know, like one has a successful, a really successful creative career mm-hmm. that is successful enough in order to not have to, you know, uh, work mm-hmm. in, in like unrelated mm-hmm. things. Um, so yeah, do you like, how, how pessimistic are you about like your own future and working full time? Like, do you, because I guess you have, you know, you're a musician and a writer. Um, and you're also someone who has a job on the side. Um, do you feel like you're going to, do you feel like you want to maintain these, all of these things? I mean, it's hard to say, but like, you know, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, I've been like everyone our age, you know, I think a lot about this, this topic and um, yeah, I guess just that, just that feeling of like, how am I going to make a life for myself? How am I going to make a living? How, what is my life going to look like? And you know, that, you know, where will my, where will my time go in the future? Um, And yeah, I guess I'm kind of at, you know, an age where my parents are starting to sort of ask me like, do you have any sense of like, you know, how you're going to make more money or like what you're, you know, what kind of, career you're gonna go into like you can't you know you can't do this library job forever when I you know in fact I could like (laughs) it's just you know it is it is a job that I could do forever or like a job that I could do for a long time and it would um it might not be able to like give me um you know enough money to um, to buy a house or to like, you know, that those traditional markers of success. Um, but maybe what's more important is that, yeah, it allows me so much more time than, um, you know, going into a, I don't know, some kind of, um, job that might like give me more money, but like it's, yeah, I think it's the question of like, um, this, this question of like, would you rather waste your time or your money? Um, and I think like right now, I'm, I'm valuing time over money, but I'm sure, um, you know, at some point in the future, maybe, um, maybe the, you know, the pendulum will swing and I'll, um, yeah, sort of really have to think about a way to, to balance those like, um, creative pursuits with like the need or like the desire for money. Um, and the desire for security. Um, but I think that's just, I'm just sort of like, um, letting myself have these years now to not, to not think about that too much. I think I'm like, I want to, I want to sort of not worry about that right now. And I think maybe, maybe in five, six years, I'll think about like, you know, in a serious way, like, how can I, um yeah how can i how can i support these creative interests in in like a in a real way with like 
um, real money or like real financial um, prosperity or like security. Mm. But I think that's like something for future Jess, you know, Mm. Um, because it feels like a futile train of thought at this point. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just think I don't have a solution. You know, I don't have a very clear sense of what I'm going to be doing. Mm. And I think I'm accepting that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I think I am, I'm trying to as well. Maybe I haven't done it as successfully as you have, but yeah, I like, I think you're right about there being a certain level of futility and like impossibility in terms of trying to like micromanage one's financial security or something Um, or like predict like, you know, where will I be in like five years time? Um, Because, yeah, I guess when I was younger, I really thought that was possible, but it it's really not. um, There's. Yeah, there are lots of unpredictable twists and turns. Um, do you feel like, do you feel really young? Like how, how do you feel in relation to your age? Yeah, I was talking about this last night actually. Yeah, yeah, with um, with my friend. Um, I, I think, I think I do feel young. Yeah, but I, I don't think I, feel like I have a young soul Mm -hmm. yeah or like a young spirit like um I think I've been a pretty pretty serious and like pretty depressed for a long time and I think that's kind of taken or made it hard for like a lot of the traditional characteristics of youthfulness or something Mm -hmm. to be expressed Mm -hmm. like but I also think, yeah, like I think, I don't, th- I think my disposition isn't like a very young one. Yeah, like I don't think I'm like super energetic or like excitable, yeah. or, and not that like not that you know you have to be those things to be young, but, yeah. um, yeah, I think like I think a lot of the time I'm caught up in thinking about things that are like so f- like yeah. so far in the future, um, that I. I think that that's maybe why yeah. I I don't feel like like maybe in my body I'm young, but like in my mind I'm not. Yeah. I'm too preoccupied <clears throat> with other things to like for there to be much of like a or for it to feel like there's like often much of an overlap between like my actual bodily age and like my mental age or something. Yeah. What about you? Do you feel um do you feel young? Yeah, I think I just or I I think about how um you know when it's your birthday or like it's your friends' birthdays and you're just talking about age and I just think about how so many of my friends say, you know, with with earnesty like I'm getting so old, like I'm you know, I feel like we're really, we're really aging. We're getting old. And I just have never connected to that. I've always felt very young because, but, but I think it's maybe in a different way than you're looking at it. But I really, but I really like how you interpreted that question about it being like a a feeling or it, um, 
being related to those kind of youthful qualities of like aliveness and energy. But I think sort of related to what we're talking about in terms of like career and like jobs, I think the reason I'm able to maybe um, have like distance from, you know, the future and careers and the purpose of my life and that kind of thing is because I'm like, I'm just so young. Like I just, I don't have to think about it. I'm just, um, whereas I think maybe like friends who do feel really, really, um, concerned or spend a lot of, um, energy and time into thinking about, um, career and, and that sort of thing. It's, yeah, it goes back to perspective of like of of um I'm like I'm you know I'm in my mid twenties I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thirty soon and but I, I still think of you know as thirty as being so young so I think I'm just like have this like thing in my brain where I'm like I just I just don't have to worry about it because I'm just so young but that doesn't change as the older I get I felt that way when I was twenty and I still feel that this way at twenty five um and I don't know I don't know what that's about I don't know why I feel that way but. And it's funny because, you know, my, my parents don't really, when they ask me these questions about what I'm going to do with my life, it's because they are, they're perceiving me as you're actually, you're actually getting, you know, you're you're nearly at an age where you could be having a family and those kind of things. Like at 25, my mom was, was nearly engaged and she was working a full-time job. So they're, you know, they have that, um, that reference point of themselves, um, so and and maybe like people in our in our circles also have that reference point of like comparing themselves to their parents or um just having perceptions of like where you should be at 25 or where you should be at a certain age but i just feel like very detached from it all i think and almost like perennially like in the moment or something um like i can't it feels I've, I always like have this mental block. It's like I hit a wall when I think about myself in even like two years. I just I'm just I have no sense of like of, of certainty around that. Mm. Almost to the point where I can't even talk about it. Like you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. See, I think I think I feel I think I feel. Like, I think I, my, maybe my experience of my age and time is quite different to that mm. because, um, yeah, I think I often feel really confronted with, like, confronted by the the realization that, like, you know, for example, my great-grandma had already had a number of children yeah, by, oh, sorry, my, my grandma, not my great-grandma. <laughs> my grandma had had a number of children by my age and like was, you know, well and truly in (laughs) like kind of uh, in these really serious relationships of care that like don't exist in my life, like towards children and, and like um, married and this kind of thing. So, yeah, I think, um, and then I think like, like one of the joys of kind of living one of the joys of living is that like you get to you meet many people mm-hmm. and you meet 
many people who are your age and who are different ages. And I think I find it really overwhelming seeing where all of these different people are at and where they're going and how they like, how they think about where they're going and where they want to be. Um, and I think like having been in a number of different circles, like in some kind of creative circles versus like some academic circles versus some like, you know, kind of professional corporate ish oriented circles. It's been like pretty jarring for me jumping between them and like kind of embodying the different attitudes towards work and the future and stuff. Um, and then also like, you know, trying to understand how like my how I've been socialized by my parents to understand work and things because especially my dad he's like extremely paranoid about employment Mm -hmm. and you know job security is like the thing Mm -hmm. like you know you have to get a job that pays really well there's like there's literally nothing else that's important um so yeah like I yeah but I think it's I think like being, I like, yeah. So one thing I've been thinking about recently in, in philosophy Mm -hmm. is value and what is value um, and what is the experience of value. And I think like one thing that I'm pretty like moved by is the idea that value is something that you experience often in the present moment even if it's like even if it's something that you're anticipating or something that has happened in the past and i wonder whether your like presentness is like a a much more manageable mode of being yeah i think i think yeah when i when i kind of like share this this feeling of like um detachment from worry about the future um i i feel lucky or something i feel like i feel like oh i'm i have no idea why i feel this way but i'm glad that i do kind of thing um because i think it's it's kind of crippling to be to be like really um yeah, really, really aware of, um, I don't know, of mortality, of, of, um, of, of what you, what your purpose in the world is, what your, um, yeah, your, your, your sort of your, your life direction and where, where you're, where you're going to end up, um, who you're going to be. I think, I mean, obviously I'm not immune from those feelings. I, I, I do, I do think about those things a lot, but it doesn't feel bodily. It doesn't feel like it's something that um, causes me genuine concern or something. I think I'm just, I'm just, I think very like short term in in the span of like 12 months periods. And that feels, it does feel a lot more manageable. And it like, yeah, I think it takes like this, this burden off, off me, I think. And I think, um, yeah, does that sort of speak to what you were think you were thinking in terms of like value in the moment? Hmm. Yeah, I think it does. And I think Yeah, I think there's something 
like that I want to take away from what you're saying, which is that, uh, it's really easy to get lost in the future. Um, especially if like, I, I mean, like hard to generalize about anxiety, but I feel like the person with an, an anxious mind is able to like, you know, go into immense detail with like planning and trying to anticipate and, um, and this kind of thing. And I think a lot of the time, as you said, it is like really taxing and really stifling and really overwhelming and can take away from the actual experience of life right now. Um, and yeah, I think like, yeah, I think most of the time I'm elsewhere like time-wise i think most of the time somewhere else yeah yeah, i'm like in the future like pretty far ahead in the future yeah yeah yeah. um yeah one thing one thing i'm trying to think about is uh so your you released a song recently called premonition Mm -hmm. um under your new your new project name zanoon zanoon (laughs) and like how what is the is there any relationship between that song and the name of the song and and like time and the Mm, relationship to time time. yeah i think i think maybe the like feeling or the yeah that the feel the feeling in that song maybe speaks to um a sense of um it like what do I to say um the the sense of like it only being a matter of time before something happens i think that i think that's that's what that feeling is of like of knowing something's going to happen at some point in time but like not knowing when but it's only a matter of time that's Mm. that is yeah i think that's like one of the the like major themes or like feelings in that song um is that what you believe in about what exactly do you like like do that that like the idea of it only being a matter of time before certain things happen yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think specifically what that could be. Um, but yeah, I think I have. I think I have like a habit of um, I think I have like a good intuition with um, knowing how things are going to turn out or seeing things happen before they do um and maybe that's maybe that's like in a very personal um context of like certain relationships or like friends and family like dynamics maybe i'm talking about or um or or just things that um that i do or that things that um i can see myself doing i think i just and maybe that kind of comes from like this acceptance or like 
that things will just pan out. Maybe that's maybe maybe kind of relates to what we're saying about um, life direction things where I just have this feeling of like it'll just work out. It's just it's just going to happen this way. This is the way it's going to go. I almost like don't have a control over it or something. So it's yeah, maybe it's just this like relinquishing to lack of control almost <laughs> um, happy to, like sort of resigned to just going with going with the flow I don't know <laughs> it sounds kind of um a bit like woo woo or something <laughs> like a bit <laughs> like things just gonna happen man I don't know I don't know any sense of control <laughs> but maybe that's that is probably a, a feeling that I have like a real feeling that I have Whoa. of like not <laughs> like I don't have the need to control things in a very broad sense I have um, I have um, like quite intense feelings of control um around things in front of me at the time or like we you know with creative projects I think I have like an obsessive feeling of control but on like a um broader context of my life um I don't think I don't know I don't have much control or something I just yeah things things are just gonna happen and I think that's how I feel about um oh I lost my train of thought just then um oh that's also why I have trouble projecting myself into the future because I I have a really strong feeling of like I have no idea how I'm gonna feel even in two years I don't know who I'm gonna like I think I'm just changing so much that I don't know what I'm going to want in a few years that's why that's the essence I think of why I have trouble um really thinking about me in 10 years is that I don't like I don't even know if who I am now is going to look anything like me at that time that's how it feels I think and that's why I have trouble committing to things and um maybe being able to being able to speak to that sense of like um what do you want to be you know what do you want to be doing what do you want your life to look like because I just don't I can't speak for future me you know that's how it feels I think um as vague as that sounds but yeah do you think do you have do you feel that to any extent of like you like when you think of you in the future is it is it is it alex now Mm. um i feel like i feel like there's part of me that that is reflected that I think is reflected pretty clearly in some of the things that you said, especially the thing about not knowing what I will want in the future. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is something that I'm keenly aware of. Um, and something that I like really believe is true that like kind of preempting what, where I will want to be Mm -hmm. in like years time is like, just a, a it feels w- impossible right yeah. like, that's how it feels to me it's like literally impossible yeah 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 and also like like probably like quite it could be pretty destructive mm. um if like you know i i tend to get like i become like really passionate about stuff mm-hmm. and sometimes i think that the passions are like really going to endure yeah. and like i invest this actually hasn't happened for a while, but you know, in my kind of early twenties, there were things that I'd become really passionate about. And I'd like, you know, be like, this is the thing 
for me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then like two yeah. months would go by and I would have like dropped all this cash on like equipment and stuff. Uh, and then I'll be like, what, what yeah. was I thinking? Like, you know, and yeah, so I think now I have like, I maybe kind of, maybe I feel so aware of that, that I, I'm, I now have like commitment problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which which <laughs> is like, yeah. Where like the idea of doing, the idea of doing something for a long time seems impossible. Impossible. I completely resonate yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and like, there's like, part of it feels like I, I'm not disciplined enough to do things long-term. For example, like I've been wanting to get into language learning for like seven years and it, I've just like never really gotten around to it. Yeah. And like part of it, I think part of it is because I like, I don't actually want to, it's something that I think I want, but part of it is also like, I don't, I struggle to see how it's going to be a feature or a like fixture in my life long term mm-hmm. because I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what I want tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it can feel. It can feel yeah. like I don't even know what I want in three months. Like yeah. That, yeah. That, that's why it's like, if I feel that way, like about such short term things, mm. it's just can't even can't even conceptualize yeah, long, <laughs> like next year honestly yeah um do you like mm. do you feel like because do you feel like you have there are some parts of you that you have a a strong enough awareness of that you actually do know that there are some things that are going to be good for you to maintain but consistently for, at least for the like you know for the foreseeable future for example like writing and music like presumably you make time for this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like maybe you know it's so it's so much of a routine that you don't even make time for it anymore it just is there i don't know if that's uh, (laughs) that's right (laughs) i think i have had a i've had a very complicated relationship to routine or to like yeah to routine and it's something that i feel like it's just a constant battle for me is like it has been a constant desire of the last like seven years to establish a routine, especially a routine to do like a creative routine. And it hasn't happened. <laughs> um, but I want it I want it to happen so badly. But <laughs> but then it maybe it comes back to that thing you said about like, is it actually what I want or is it what I think I want? Yeah. But no, it's I mean you want it. I want it. It's it is a deep. It is a profound. It's almost one of the most profound desires I have. Is to Whoa. is to establish a, is to establish a sense of commitment and like, um, yeah, around around my creative practices. And it hasn't happened. But I say that, and things things still do happen sometimes. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, going back to. Your question, I might be, I might be uncertain about most things in my life, but I know, yes, I do know for, I know for a fact that I'll always want to do music and I will always, absolutely, hundred percent. Um, I will always be a musical person and I think that I, I think that I'll always want to write. I think those are two things that I'm sure of. Yeah. 
Um, I feel very, um, yeah, I have, a, I have a real sense of certainty around creativity and how I relate to that and how that um, defines me. I, have, I think my identity is very, very rooted in creativity um, for good or like for good and for bad. I think like maybe attaching myself too intimately to the things that I do rather like than what I than who I am. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure in what capacity those things will fit into my life in the future, but I know that they will always be there. Um, and that even if I'm not doing them all the time or doing them a lot, that doesn't mean that those things aren't real and like present in me, you know? Um, do you believe that everyone is creative? Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, I think maybe in the past when I was younger, uh, maybe I like, I didn't have, I wasn't as, I didn't really understand privilege as well um as i like you know i guess i feel like i have more of an awareness of the impact that privilege plays um but i think like maybe in the past i'd kind of i had like a very fixed idea of what creativity looks like yeah. because it was tied up with like a certain type of privilege where like you know, there were certain things that were creative and other things that weren't like music was creative, like arts, writing, yeah. um, you know, this kind of stuff. And then I think now I feel like, like, yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it's hard not to be it's either it's either that it's either that it's hard not to kind of like maybe like a kind of lower C creative not to be like engaging in like a lower case cre creativity um and like i kind of see why like you know kind of traditional uppercase creative like music i don't know like painting and stuff yeah. i kind of see why that isn't universal because like it really requires like immense foundations yeah. that are often out of your control like you know if i didn't have if my mum wasn't so pushy with me in guitar like i wouldn't have learned guitar yeah. um but like you know at the same time like i know lots of people who don't didn't learn an instrument and like you know um yeah so but yeah i don't know i feel like maybe that answers like a bit of a cop out um but yeah like what i guess like maybe i don't have the the clearest idea of what creativity actually is and i think that's why maybe i feel like it's present in like in a lot of things yeah it's such a good point like what do you, <laughs> how would you even define creativity or like being a creative person um i think the first thing that comes to mind is like play, right? Like being playful, a sense of playfulness in your life and of like 
I think maybe thinking outside of the box or um, being open to play, which I mean, I don't know if everyone feels that way, but I think maybe if you're aware of it or not, it's still, I think it's still present in most people. And therefore I think maybe, yeah, I just think of that. I mean, I think of, I think Herbie Hancock said, everyone is creative because like um just yeah just to live or like just to it's so hard to do life that like you have to be creative to yeah. do life which i think that like i just yeah i love that i love that idea yeah. um and i kind of try and remind myself of that when i'm so down on myself about like not um investing enough time to my creative practices that like no but i'm even if i'm not doing it that doesn't change who I am and that doesn't change that sense of play and that sense of like creativity being turned on within me. Mm. And I think that is like comforting to me when I can, you know, feel so um, bogged down or like really hard on myself about not actually create, like, you know, being productive in that, in that sphere. Mm. It's almost like it's not enough, but it's um, yeah. It's nice to keep in mind like other ways that I am creative on an everyday scale. Mm. Have you ever felt like you haven't been able to be creative or like you have done, you have intentionally done things to have to distance yourself from like, from being creative? No. No? Mm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, I've never, Yeah, I can't think of anything where that I've done that has like put a barrier between that. Mm. Um, maybe not like. Uh, or like. Go on. Oh, maybe maybe not like. I don't mean like you know a huge lifestyle change like no. you know, like you know, only like only eating like <laughs> like cornflakes or something, <laughs> <laughs> or like something that's like really going to mm-hmm. like impact your like your you know who i don't know your like well-being or something but like i'm thinking of like i think sorry i think i think there have been like mental states that i've been in where i am not like i'm not feeling very well or very um yeah, maybe I'm just like feeling too heartbroken or I'm feeling too sad or I'm feeling too depressed that, yeah, my my mind is just not, it's not open to, to being creative because it's just, I'm just in this very um, closed off state of being. And I can think of times where I have felt that way, but I think they're short lived maybe. And, and maybe even like there have been little specks in that, state of being where I've been able to have like some moment of like connection to creativity or to, to being musical or to writing. But the overall like feeling is not, not one of like, that's very like conducive to creativity. I think Hmm. if that's kind of what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is, I think that is what I mean. Um, And I, I'm also like, so yeah, I think like what I was interested in, 
in was whether like yeah whether mental health was something that like had what impact it had on creativity but also whether there were things that you you do or have done to like to check out of being creative for a while because I feel like there have been things that I've done in the past that have been like very intentionally an escape from like from the intensity of being creative. Um, And like, I think, I think a lot of the time it's happened during periods of like pretty serious depression. So like one thing that happened semi recently was like, I like randomly pulled out my PlayStation and like started playing a lot of PlayStation. And like, I wasn't playing stuff that was like particularly creative. Like it was like high stress, like monotonous, like, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't stuff that was like making me think, but that's why I was just, yeah. And like that, that's like, escapism. yeah, yeah, that's why I was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I like just wanted to like literally like winding down the clock (laughs) of my life. I've had the exact (laughs) same situation experience of that with a video game as well. Mm, True. (laughs) Like this very, yeah, this, um, what was the game? It was Sims. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This instance I'm thinking of, which I had in my head when I was just speaking before was like, after yeah i guess like after like a breakup or something after feeling very heartbroken just like every day all day playing sims and sims is just amazing escapism where i literally don't think about my life the whole time i'm playing it yeah. i'm totally absorbed in my characters in the world i mean that's creative in itself to kind of enter a world i suppose but it's the most amazing balm like i just, it was so soothing to just not have to confront myself um so yeah that's just like i always think of that experience of just a month of just like not really doing much else but that but it's so important to have that i think do you think it's important to have those kind of um periods of where you're just yeah you you like resort to that sort of activity to process or to um alleviate pain yeah i'm like i feel i feel like i'm kind of torn because uh part of me believes that like yeah it's absolutely important to have like you know like to give yourself space and time away from stuff um and like video games are probably like one of the most immersive ways to like check out and to like have some distance from, you know, your feelings Mm -hmm. and things. Um, But then like recently I've discovered that I have like, I'm like very good at escaping and like, not confronting things um and so part of me wants to say that like you know like maybe in moderation like things because but i feel like you know when i've when i've like turned to video games and stuff it's never really been in moderation 
like it's always it's yeah it's been like pretty indulgent and like um like i wonder whether it would be more helpful for me to like you know maybe play a bit of video games but also like sit with like what i'm feeling Mm -hmm. and yeah like i was i was like recently thinking about whether like i would it would be helpful for me in in those moments because like i feel like i'm pretty aware of them now like maybe when i was younger i wasn't aware um like you know in in high school and stuff i feel like you know i wasn't really allowed to play video games much but like when i did i remember like i was like i was obsessed with like the distance that it gave me from my life um and i feel like now I like notice very quickly when I feel myself slipping into like wanting, wanting distance. Um, and I wonder whether like in those moments it would be helpful to like ask myself like, or to like reflect on how I'm going and what I actually need, because I don't know necessarily whether like what I actually need in those moments is to like, you know, play like something extremely stimulating. (laughs) yeah and it's it is it's giving you short-term relief right it's 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 instantaneously rewarding it's like and it's i mean i this just reminds me of so many things that i do in order to cope with um stress that just are not good long term but i just it is what the it's that thing of like we'll always go to not always but it's easy to go towards things that are familiar rather than things that actually bring you real pleasure or like real like relief. So with um, your PlayStation, like with, with me and Sims and like probably like, you know, a lot of other things like just sleeping in or just like being in bed, like just like not being able to get up or like not wanting to get up. That is um, the body attaching onto something that is just so known and so familiar and so comforting because it, because it's familiar, not because it's actually giving you any like um, real relief. I would say, I don't think it's real relief. I just think it's like, it's just, yeah, that kind of comfort blanket, like familiar thing. Um, but it just, it, in my experience, more damage is done than when I do, when I do eventually get out of bed and I'm like, like that was just so easy, but I've just, and I've just like made things so much harder for myself <laughs> because then it's the added feeling of guilt. Right. Um, that I like always feel if I've done something that is not really what I needed in that moment, but it's just what felt easiest. And I think, it's really hard to be gentle on yourself when you when you endure something like that. When like those things happen, those things happen to me. I would say that I experience that a lot, um, and it's it's so hard to be kind to myself um, when those things happen. But because I yeah, it's just that feeling of like I'm I just can do better. Like I'm just I'm better than this, or like not really learning and applying that 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 knowledge that I know, I know that this is not really what I need, but it's just, it's like all that I'm capable of or something right in that moment or like everything, everything else like feels too hard. I think, I don't know if that, if you resonate with what I'm saying, but yeah, yeah, I do. I, it really does resonate with me. Um, I think like one thing that I, one thing that I've learned is like a good 
indicator, like probably an indication that I'm pretty depressed is when I feel like I am like, I am choosing the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yeah, Which is like spending a lot of time asleep and like not exercising and like not really eating and like just being, yeah, just like opting for like, you know, things that are like extremely familiar Mm -hmm. and easy and like not really requiring much effort. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like, I think, I think like one of the biggest changes in my life was when I like forced myself to like regularly eat meals Mm -hmm. when I was depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, which was like, I hated it. Like I really hated it. And like, even, you know, like in more recent times when I've been depressed, it's so hard for me to like, to, to like push myself to do something that really feels challenging, Mm -hmm. which is literally like eating a meal. Um, but like, it's, it's made the depressive periods like a lot lighter Mm -hmm. when I've like, tried to like keep up um yeah keep up like just like you know the most fundamental like relationships of care yeah with my with and to myself yeah and that and that like routine around eating any kind of routine whether that be like um eating three meals a day going for a walk once a day wake up at the same time is the most healing and nourishing thing for your body ever. That is, it is routine is the most nourishing thing um, for your whole immune system, your nervous system, everything. So it's so, yeah, it's so good that you've like, you know, you can commit to something as simple as that because it's like, it does, the reward is like so, um, so whole, like it just, it just, it just affects everything. I think Mm. so, so wonderfully so Mm. yeah and yeah and what's really like funny about it is that like often i feel the reward like six months later Mm. (laughs) when i'm like oh like that was like that didn't last for like that long um but in the moment yeah i feel like one of the hardest and one thing that like mobile phones have made it really hard to do is to like accept to be okay with delaying gratification and stuff. And I think like the combination of like instant dopamine from like mobile phones and like very low threshold for pushing yourself when one is depressed, like both of those at the same time feel like a pretty like, yeah, gargantuan like challenge. Um, But yeah, like, how like how have how has music and and writing how have these things been or what is their relationship to to mental health oh um if i would say that if neither if neither of them are like an active part of my life then my mental health suffers that's what happens it's, it's, so i think it's like it's so important. It's just, I mean, I think that like, I'm, you know, 
both things give me so much like pleasure and like clarity in myself in knowing who I am um in um yeah I guess like connecting to a part of me that I can't maybe access ordinarily um but that I feel you know um is such a fundamental part of who I am um I think like with with music especially I would say just because I think music it literally changes your energy right and that I mean that's why we have such a most human beings have such a intimate like profound relationship with music is because it yeah changes your energy um and it's so you know it's so linked to memory it's so linked to um yeah just to just to feeling the many like facets of 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 you and of your life I think um I guess with like writing music um the like my kind of entry point to music is like singing and that's still like the most important and like joyful part of music is singing for me and it's like using my voice and more specifically like um creating melodies I think like yeah my relationship to like creating melodies and like playing with melody with my voice is like you you feel the serotonin like that's how it feels it's just it feels so like um it's so calming and it's so joyous and it's so playful and fun and emotional and I don't really do this anymore but like I remember just, you know, growing up and being a teenager um, through adolescence, like whenever I was like upset, I would just sing. And it's just, it's, that's it. Like you just click, that's how like simple it feels. It's just switch over into like clarity. I think I feel that like with swimming, like swimming and singing, I just feel this clarity after I do it. So, um, and I think singing my own words and singing my own melodies, it just, um, yeah, it does something, I think, very special for um, appreciating the world around me and f- appreciating um, myself. And I think those are those are rare moments in itself to, like, feel a sense of, like, acceptance and a sense of um, peace about my, my personhood, I suppose. Um, and I think, like, that helps me to, f- to feel that. So, um, and I think with maybe with writing... Um, I think the biggest thing with writing is that it's that, it's that idea of when I'm writing, I'm thinking. So the actual, the actual act of writing allows me to like access thoughts and ways of thinking about things that I just, yeah, I just can't do it without the actual act of writing. So, um, I kept like an, I was an avid like diary or like journal or um, all throughout like my adolescence and like and still am now and um yeah that just means that I have like so much more coherence about what I'm feeling um what I'm going through just yeah coherence that 
yeah, I sort of can't, um, yeah, that I, I kind of can't like undermine. It's just, it's so when I'm not, when I'm not like writing or like keeping a journal, if I kind of like stray away from that and like life gets in the way, I just feel like it's just chaos. Like that's how it feels like I just no, um, no clarity. I think I keep using the word clarity, but that's how it feels. <laughs> that's like, that's what is coming to me. Um, yeah, I just feel like way more in tune and like connected to my brain and to my heart, I suppose. Hmm. Well, that was so, that was so beautiful. <laughs> I feel very passionate when I talk <laughs> about this stuff because it's just what I care about most because I care so much, but yeah. Whoa. Mm. Whoa. That was really moving. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and you're working on some some stuff at the moment your band arbs mm-hmm. are trying you're working on an album yeah. um and you got your solo stuff and you got your writing and you're doing a talk at the emerging writers fest no um so i guess what ended up happening with that is that um the festival went online mm. and like some of the events had to be kind of scrapped because they weren't like conducive to an online format so mm. my my events got cut for that, oh. but all good. Um, mm. But there's ne- a panel. A panel. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm going to be doing a reading at the Wheeler Center at the start of August um, for um, this kind of um, program they have called the Next Big Thing. So it's like four or five writers. Um, yeah, just kind of read their work, and I think I'm. I've been asked to read. Um, a short fiction piece that I had published in VoiceWorks because they always include um, in this panel like one person who's been published in VoiceWorks to read their work. So that's coming up, mm. so, which would be nice. Yeah. Oh, and where can people find your stuff? Where's the best place to go? Um, that's a good question. Hmm. I guess with my music, you can go on Bandcamp um, for ARBs, and um, yeah, I released a single recently under Zanoon. So that's all on like Bandcamp or Spotify. I guess my writing, um, probably just gone to Instagram. Um, which What's is your just IG? Jess Sanoni. <laughs> and maybe you could find it there or just Google. Maybe <laughs> I don't have a website or anything, but that'd be good. Yeah. Whoa, it's 2021. 2021. Where's your own? <laughs> How dare you be a creative without your without own a, dot without com? A, yeah, dot com. I, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, is it actually worth it or? I mean, it's very all professional. All things in one place. Yeah, all things in one place. But maybe that's what a link tree is for as well. Mm. That's okay. <laughs> it's true. Mm. Well, hey, thank you so thank much. Thank you for so much. It's been me. so nice this to talk. This is really wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of Alex Listens. Love, Alex. Mm.